All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Baseball. I am Jacob Brown, joined by Rory Tedimer, and today we're going to embark on a new series, something I've been working on for quite some time, called Rank'em, where we're going to go through each position in Major League Baseball, ranking the top 10 at each. So this podcast is going to start out not like the rest of the podcast is going to sound. After we were done recording this top 10 list, I realized my audio sounded terrible, so I just wanted to record this first part of the podcast where I explain how the list works and before we embark so that you don't at least have to deal with my womp-de-womp voice for the first 10 minutes. You might have to deal with it after if, if you're interested and you want to hear after, but this is a real system and, and I, I put together a real point system in order to value these players. And what did I use? So for each position player, I used some of the basic stats mixed in with advanced stats and something called the it factor point as well. And I'm going to go over how all that scored right now. So I factored in batting average, home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, and OPS. Those are kind of the basic statistics that most people are familiar with. You go to a baseball game, you look at the scoreboard, they show those numbers, you watch it on TV, and they show the stat line under the hitter when he comes up to, to bat. Those are the stats you usually see, and I wanted to value those. Of course, another stat, of course, stolen bases is something that I wanted to add as well. Something that not a lot of people value, and with the introduction of bigger bags coming into Major League Baseball, the pickoff rules, stolen bases are going to be even more important, so I wanted to make sure we valued that on this list. But the other stats that I put in here are advanced stats, stuff that not everyone is familiar with, but it's something that players like Carlos Correa have pointed out that front offices are starting to use when going after free agent position players in the market. So what did I use to value? There's a lot of them that you could use. You could use WAR. You could use OPS+. Plus, you could use win probability added. You could use BABIB. Those are all stats that, uh, you know, crazy sounding type of things, but I didn't use all of those. What I did use was WOBA, which is weighted on base added and weighted run created plus. The reason why I like these stats, weighted on base added, for those of you that don't know, it is basically a stat that values what the value of a double should be, what the value of a triple should be, as opposed to, let's say, slugging percentage, which values a double at a certain rate every single time. So WOBA tries to add weight to what you're doing, and it's almost rated like a bracketing system to where if you're a 320 WOBA, you're considered an average player. If you're a 400 WOBA, you're considered way above average, and so by that number, you know where you're at. It's like a rate stat, much like Weighted Drunk Created Plus, where it's rated from 100 and above. So let's say you're a 101, that means you're one over Major League Average. So it's very simple to understand in that rate. But what does it actually mean? It means pretty much what WOBA means, except it's park-adjusted, meaning... Anthony Rizzo at Yankee Stadium, everyone's going to say, oh, he only hit 32 home runs because he was at Yankee Stadium. Well, his weighted drunk created plus would show at other ballparks, he'd probably have that same power output. So I like those stats a lot. And then for defense, I don't want to leave out defense. I don't want to be just saying, oh, he had a lot of home runs and an RBIs and, and he's at the top of the list. You need to be able to pick it too. And so I used advanced defensive stats, one of them being defensive runs saved, which is essentially a positioning stat. If you're on a team that has smart analytics, you might benefit from this. Trey Turner talked about it uh, kind of as well, where if you're placed in the right spot and you feel the balls that are hit to you and, and you do it every time, you're going to benefit on that DRS. But that doesn't encapsulate to me all of a defensive value. OAA kind of covers the other part of defense that I like to see as well. And it stands for outs above average, meaning it's a range stat. So if you've got a shortstop that can't move five feet to his left, you might have a negative OAA. And so I wanted to put those into value for some of these guys as well. And then for catchers, because OAA is not a stat for catchers, I put in caught stealing percentage. So all that's all well and good. That's all stat stats, nerdy stuff, stuff you don't like to necessarily hear. But we also have an it factor as well. So if you have one of these accolades, it doesn't mean you have to have the it factor because if you're one of 25 on a World Series team, that doesn't automatically mean you're a dude. So if you have World Series, All-Stars, Cy Youngs, MVP, records, all that stuff, that's all well and good. But something that Rory really liked to include in this and something that I agree with him as well, 
you got to have a pair of balls. And that's part of the it factor stat as well. If we want you batting with two strikes and two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, you have an it factor stat, and we want that to be valued in here as well. And I know this is long-winded. This is going to be the only time I do this. Each week is going to be a top 10 list, uh, but I'm going to refer everyone to listen to this spiel here on how we do this. So the only other part of this that we have to go over is injuries and how we value past seasons. So this is how we're going to explain this. If a player has a 2021 season value that is under the 2022 mean value for their position, the player gets a point knocked off of their 2022 total. So a perfect example of this is JT Real Muto's on this list. Had a fantastic season, but last season he was actually below the mean value, which means the average value of what our catchers were for this year. So the reason that I did that was because, well, if Real Muto wasn't as good as the average guy on this list, I wanted to take a point off for that. I felt like that was fair instead of just comparing it from a player saying, oh, well, JT just had a better season than himself, so I'm going to give him a point extra. I wanted to be fair in that regard. For rookies, if they didn't have enough time to climb up to certain stats, then I gave them a half point in a benefit of the doubt Prime example for this list, Adley, Rushman, and then the final part of this. I know, this has taken a while. I just want it to be fair. If a starting player has less than 120 games due to injury for multiple years in a row, they get a half point docked from their, from their uh, point. And then if a player had significant time missed due to injury for only this season, I give them a half point in benefit of the doubt for saying, like Bryce Harper, for instance, well, if he had kept playing, I guarantee you, he would have had more points this season. And then the the injury rules addressing Byron Buxton, who hasn't played 100 games in four consecutive seasons. So that is it. That all That's all I'm going to do for the spiel. I hope you enjoyed it, I, and I hope you enjoy this list. Again, I apologize for the audio quality on my behalf for the rest of this podcast. Rory sounds perfect as usual, of course, um, but... We're going to go off on this top 10 list starting now. Thank you guys for listening. Again, after this week, we're going to go into top 10 first base, and every week after, we're going to have a new top 10 for you. Enjoy Rankum here on Strictly Baseball with Rory Tedemer and myself, Jacob Brown. Rory, do you have the list pulled up on your computer? I, I want you to reveal number 10. I do I do have the list pulled up on my computer. And, you know, I know you said uh, there's a, there's no bias from us. Um, but, I mean, you put in the work, you put in all the stats that we actually care about, and then adding the factor, you know, the balls factor, is definitely, you know, just makes it better than any other list because a lot of the times you'll look at lists and be like, do I trust this guy? My, my whole thing, and I brought it to you today, do I trust this guy, game seven, game on the line, do I want him out there? Is he going to get the job done for me, or do I want someone else? Uh, and that's that's exactly what the, that part is, so. Um, and it really clears things up. It clears things up for you when you think of it that way. Uh, you don't you don't go to these advanced stats. You don't go to all that. You're like, oh well, he's, he's good in this position. Now, what is he gonna deliver? Uh, so I know it's it's really good. Uh, but at number ten of the first first, what are we calling it? Do we have a name? Yeah, Rankum, I guess. For now, we could change it, but we'll call it Rankum. Top ten catchers. Top ten catcher at number ten, newly acquired Minnesota Twin. Christian Vasquez, and he comes in with a points of 2.5. So that's where number 10 sits with 2.5 points. Okay, so what do you think about that? Now, we can't get into who didn't make it yet because that would reveal if someone was not there above. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think of Vasquez as one of the better, at least offensive catchers as well, in the MLB. So, you know, I, I would put him probably in my top 10 list not looking at like all these added stats and obviously he did hit on a few of them um but on my list i would i would probably have him in the top 10 and you know he, i definitely would say he's at the bottom range of it um but i think if you have christian vasquez on your team you're a lot better obviously uh, one world series with the red Sox, and you know astros went out to go get him and he wins a world series with the astros as well uh, much to my chagrin and then obviously uh minnesota twins you know acquired him this offseason so uh, don't think the Minnesota Twins are winning a World Series anytime soon, but <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, he's an improvement over their last catcher. Uh, I, I don't know if you agree with that. But I'm sure you will. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, over Gary Sanchez. Um, but yeah, no, I think I agree with that spot at 10. Yeah, you know, it, it's he's not a tremendous player. We did catch his first. It's one of the weaker positions. Um, for me, it, it's he didn't get the it factor point. Uh, that's one of the examples. He's won multiple championships. I, I'm not scared of Christian Vasquez or you. So, I, you know, we're not giving a number 10 player with 2.5 points, you know, that it factor. But he does have that experience. He's a good defender, a reliable defender. He's going to hit for you, not amazingly, just average. And and from catchers around the league, you're going to see most catchers have some sort of offensive deficiency. The outside of the top 10, and we'll talk about who missed later, there's not many that actually hit. It's either, you know, you were a really good defender if you missed, or you're, you know, you're one of those guys that's, uh, you know, been around a while and, uh, you know, you're just kind of falling off because of older age. But, you know, for me, Vasquez, he sticks around. The stats are decent. That's all they are. Um, you know, if you take a look at them, and, and I'll pull them up right now, but, you know, you wonder, how does he get to those 2.5 points that I mentioned? Because his, you know, I value batting average. I value the home runs. And when you look at Christian Vasquez, he doesn't really hit for a lot of power. The RBIs aren't really up there. The OBP isn't incredibly high. So all of these stats don't really propel him to a, a point for me where he would be above 10. But for the Twins themselves, like you said, for a team perspective, it, it's definitely an upgrade for, for the Twins. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about it. Did you send me something with all the stats? I don't, I can't remember if you did. Or I did, yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, the last said it was six days ago, so it's called Top 10 right now, 2022, um, and we do have the stat. So, I will admit, though, Vasquez was not on there because he's not on my personal Top 10, um, which we'll get to later for me. Um, but we'll move on here to number nine, and this is your favorite number, Rory, but it's not your favorite team. From the Atlanta Braves, Travis Darno. Wait a second, Travis Darno? I thought they got Sean Murphy. No, Travis Darno is still on this list with a value of 5.5. This is a guy that in 107 games, he had 268, 18 home runs, 61 RBIs. OBP, not great at 319. Woba at 343. Weighted drum created plus at 120. uh, Then an OPS of 791 and a DRS of 6. That's still good. And the, the one knock that you have to give to him is that 2020, very small sample size with the Braves, hit really well. 2021, injured a lot, didn't really play well. Then come back 2022, injured for about 50 games, but he hit well in the 107 games he played in. A 120-weighted drunk rate plus is 20 above big league average, and that's pretty decent for a guy like Travis Darneau, who now – even as a positive defender with that 60 RS, he's not even starting for them. Um, so, you know, for the Braves to have, and this isn't a spoiler to me, but Sean Murphy to also be on this list, that's impressive for the Atlanta Braves. No, for sure. And also Travis Darno, um, former Philip. Uh, we traded him, actually. What? Uh, yeah, no, we traded him when he was just a prospect, but actually started up on the Phillies. Uh, and I forget what trade it was. Did, did he play for the Rays? Yes. Yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember what trade it was in the Rays. Uh, but I remember we did trade him. And, uh, no, so I, I don't mind him, per se. Uh, he did hit a home run against the Phillies in the playoffs, and he, I think he is a good hitter. And I definitely uh, – I would agree with him being in the top ten, for sure. Uh, I think Sean Murphy is a little bit overrated. So when you actually get him going in there in the top ten, but – uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Darno is better than Murphy, so it's not like they're making a mistake there. Uh, but I would agree he would be in my top ten, uh, just going off of off offense alone. And then I know he is a good defender as well. Um, framing pitches a lot. I mean, that's what a veteran does. Although I don't know if that's going to matter in a few years. Obviously, <laughs> that's coming in. But uh, no, I definitely would agree with this this positioning for Travis Darno at nine. Although he is a brave. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see how many games he actually ends up catching, how much that will impact him and all that. Maybe because of his injury history, they're like, we're fine with him DHing a lot and uh, having him spell Murphy back there. But here's a guy that at number eight, 
Uh, and by the way, Darno did not get an inf- a, 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 excuse me an it factor point. Also, a World Series champion did not get that. Cal Raleigh at number eight for me from the Seattle Mariners, and this is a guy he got six points on our list. So just to refresh, Christian Vasquez two point five, Travis Darno five point five, Cal Raleigh gets six, and this kind of you know when I was going through the top tens myself. I, I had no intention of ever putting Cal Raleigh on the list, but I went through every team. I took a look. I remember seeing him in the playoffs. He's this big presence in the box. Uh, that that certainly can be said. And I never really assumed him to be a good defender. I remember seeing his batting average earlier in the season. I know Seattle made trades for catchers at the deadline. I had never really known the importance of Cal Raleigh until I really took a deep dive he was a tremendous defender in 2022. He had a DRS of 14, which is one of the highest in baseball. You have Jose Trevino from the Yankees that had a 21, and then you have Real Muto who had an 11, uh, and Adley Rushman had an 18. So he's in the upper echelon of defensive catchers, and I'm sure, and this is all due respect to Cal Rally, some people probably don't know who he is. I mean, this guy was, before this year, 47 games in 2021 with two home runs and 13 ribbies. So it's okay to have not really know much about him, but he's still kind of young. He's entering his prime. And despite the low batting average at 211, despite the low OBP at 284, his defense and the 27 home runs for a catcher, that's kind of valuable. And his wage run created plus is actually one more than Travis Darno's. Yeah, no. And, uh, so for comparison, I don't know if you said it, Travis Darno with five and a half points and Cal Raleigh with six. Uh, so only a half point separating them. Um, and even then, I, to me, I would rather have Cal Raleigh in a position like that because I know Cal Raleigh does have a little bit of sack on him, uh, as you saw him take the Mariners to the playoffs. So uh, had the walk-off home run, and you know I think he has some pretty clutch home runs for the kids. So uh, I do like him. I don't see him as like – a guy I'm super afraid of. I see him as a difference maker, I would say. Um, but, you know, I think I would say he's also probably in the top 10, I, I guess. There are some people that, yeah, obviously we haven't gotten into it yet, but uh, there are some people that don't end up in here, and, you know, you might you might differ. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough, man, actually. I don't really know. It, um, it, it, it's tough with Cap because he's one of those guys that – Kudos to the season, but he could very well just fall off the map. And I feel like him ending up here, it's like, okay, you know, just do it again. I think that the potential is there. That's right. what, that's what the potential for him to be that good is, you know, there. And uh, that's what I will say. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So at number seven, it's the other Braves catcher, only a half point more than Cal Raleigh. But he got the it factor point. The reason why, and you might be like, wait, what, Sean Murphy from Oakland? He got a gold glove, and he is generally regarded. When you when he got traded to the Braves, every media guy, and, and you know, I'm not saying this is influenced by media opinion, but front offices heavily, heavily value this dude. He was a gold glover. There's not many guys that have the age, that have the track record that he does with the offense. And, and, and I will say, 2022 offensively, it's not like he was a stud. He was only slightly better than Travis Darno, uh, and played. Way- he actually had the same amount of home runs as Travis Darno and played 148 games. Darno played 107, uh, and he only had five more RBIs. Now you could say zero protection in Oakland. How about you put him in Atlanta, in between, let's say uh, Michael Harris and Travis Darno. Let's say you put him in between those guys. He's going to have a lot more ribbies. Okay, we'll we'll see. But I think the gold glove from last year, with him being above average for the catcher this year from last year, you know, I could see him. He's obviously a top 10 catcher, but a lot of people will look at this and be like, what, Sean Murphy's not in the top five? Yeah. No, it's uh, – the thing is, 10 DRS in 2021 to a 1 DRS in 2022. Yep. What is that? <laughs> That's a fat drop-off. What he does is he throws out base runners. Yeah. How many do you have that stat? I, I did when I when I 
word when I factored in the points, but that's what also brought him above. But he was in the 30s, I believe, mid-30s. Okay, yeah. Um, so obviously, I mean, there that's a little concerning. Um, like I said, I think he's extremely overhyped. I don't think he belongs in the conversation of the top three. I think he's way beneath that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of the media saying, oh, my God, the Braves are getting even better. Uh, they're adding this guy. You know, he's unbelievable. Um, they sent out a pretty good promising prospect in it, uh, in William Contreras. Yeah. Uh, who I think was also starstruck by it. He was tweeted out right after. He was like, what? And then, like, very sad. Um, I don't know if I would have done that for Sean Murphy. Granted, they got him on a heck of a deal. Uh, something about the Braves. They just end up stealing these players for deals that are way lower than possible. Um, and Atlanta, I don't know how you say you want to live, play in Atlanta all the time because their fans stink. And, uh, God. I know. Um, well, I mean, I, I see his value defensively, but then if I say that, it's like, well, Travis Darnot, a higher DRS. So uh, how much is DRS actually valued for catchers is the real question. Yeah, no, I don't. It is tough. Because his pop time is great, too. I mean, 2020, he had two DRS, and then it's kind of an anomaly now. 2021, he had 10, and that's when he got the gold glove. And then, obviously, back in 2022, one DRS. So, one's kind of sticking out as an outlier. Um, Can he repeat that in a better system where he'll be, you know, the main guy every single time and, you know, playing with probably better pitchers? Uh, You know, that'll be interesting. Um, Obviously, a better team around him, Braves versus... Oakland doesn't even compare. Uh, but, you know, I agree he's a top 10 player, and I like that he's at seven here. So uh, okay. I know a lot of other people going to have him at probably four. I, I like him at seven. Okay. All right, why don't you give us number six? All right. So uh, Sean Murphy coming in at six and a half points with that it factor as well. Wilson Contreras coming in. At number six now of the newly St. Louis Cardinals, uh, he's coming in at 7.5 plus that it factor. So without the it there, uh, he would have been tied with Sean Murphy, but he does have that it. And, uh, you know, uh, he, here's a guy that I like, you know, like a lot. And I probably would have higher on my list. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think, obviously, a top 10 player. Um, won a fantasy championship with me back in the day. Um <laughs> A guy who is uh, – I should make a good difference for the Cardinals. I mean, obviously he's going to be better offensively than Yadier Molina, regardless of how good Yadier Molina is, you know, framing pitches and just knows his pitchers well. Um, I think I think he's a third guy that, you know, you can't really say, hey, I'm going to put you in this position in game seven and trust you. But he's definitely a guy that, you know, complements the rest of those two, Goldschmidt and Arenado, very well. Uh, so I would agree with – him in the top 10, and I think I had, I'd have him higher than six, but, you know, definitely a good spot for him here. It, it, this was tough to see coming at this rank because on my personal list, he's a two for me. I mean, I don't, you know, for me, it's like his OPS and is only five less than Real Muto. His weighted drum created plus and Woba are actually higher than Real Muto. Um, so it's like, okay, but the, the real separator between the two, defense. Uh, defense and Real Muto is just an anomaly. He steals bases as a catcher, and that gave him, like, the, the difference between Real Muto and everyone else is crazy. But Contreras, he gets knocked for the defense. He was a negative defender according to DRS this season. If this was last season, I think he would have been higher, even with the lesser of an offensive season, because he would have had that eight DRS, which hurts. I think, you know, also, and this didn't factor into it because. Uh, it wasn't multiple seasons in a row playing 120 games or less, but uh, he doesn't play full seasons. He had 105 games in 19. He had 113 in 22. Um, that's a bit of an issue. 128 and 21 is normal. Catchers get off days, but, um, you know, stay on the field more. The RBIs were low. Also very low scoring offense. So let's see what he does in St. Louis. But it was shocking to see him not even in the top five. I was like, Wow. Yeah, no, that is that is shocking to see. And like like you said, I don't know if I'd have him at two, um, but I definitely would have him either in the top three or at number four. Um, so obviously it's either ranking two away or, in your case, like four away off your regular list. Yeah, and, and I give him the it factor because 
he's he's just a dog to me. Like he's a guy that you know in that World Series run, he has the flair, the personality. He steps up. He's there. Second best offensive catcher in baseball consistently. I like him a lot. So number five here, and this is where and this is where something I might adjust next year, whatever. The the weight on twenty twenty two, and and and. Alejandro Kirk comes in at number five from the Toronto Blue Jays. He's an 8.5, no it factor. And he, listen, he had a great season. Like, if you got this every year from him, oh, my God. 285, 14 bombs, 63 ribbies, 372 OBP. You know I love that, Rory. And then you give me the 9 DRS. This guy, I mean, what a season. But for me, it's like, is he, we talked about it last pod, actually, can he sustain this? Yeah, and it's you. You don't know. Only sixty games in twenty twenty, uh, twenty twenty one. I mean, and I mean, obviously, way different numbers. Two forty two average. I mean, you're almost lo- you're losing forty points there. Um, worse OBP at three twenty eight. Uh, weighted on creative cross at one hundred six versus one twenty nine in twenty twenty two. And obviously, defensively in twenty twenty one, negative three DRS versus a nine DRS in twenty twenty two. Uh, a lot of different numbers there. He had a great season. I think he finished as a top three catcher in fantasy. Um, I would, yeah, nowhere near the it factor for me because I just wouldn't trust him in any moment. No. And I, he's a guy that I would have Wilson Contreras over as well. So uh, I'd also have some other people over him too. And uh, definitely not the guy that's coming after him for sure. So. <laughs> He's getting helped out by that big 2022, and, you know, it's – it's. I have him top 10. I'm not having him at five. Okay. All right. So, at number four, and this is where, out of all the lists I've done so far, this one's like, oh, wow. Um, number four from the Cincinnati Reds with nine points, Tyler Stevenson. Now, let me give the logic behind how this happened. On my personal list, I have him at number eight. That's a reasonable thing to do. But when you get these points, they add up sometimes, and they're going to come out. I value batting average. In 50 games, he hit 319. I value OVP. In 50 games, he had a 372 on base. He had a 370 Woba. He had a 134 weighted drum created plus. OPS in the 850s. His defense was negative. But those offensive points, when you look at all the other catchers on this list, none of them hit over 300. He's the only guy that did. Again, it's 50 games. But then he gets the point added on to because of last year, because he had an above-average season last year. Catchers weren't that great last year. And also he gets the injury benefit of the doubt half point, which raised him as well. So a bit of a system flaw, possibly. I'm not sitting here and sticking up for my own point system. I'm just saying – it's the best we could do here with Tyler Stevenson at four. I see the potential. Yeah, no. Uh, this was this was the outlier. I got him nowhere near the top four, not in the top five. I got him top ten, uh, but he's definitely would definitely be down there. Um, I think uh, the only two people I wouldn't have over him would be Darno and Vasquez. Uh, maybe Rally. I don't know if I'd have Rally though. Um, but it's. It, I always say do it again. And he was on track to do it again, but he didn't get to show it fully. 50 games, like you said. Uh, 319, six bombs, 35 RBIs. That's great through 50 games. Uh, you're playing for a mediocre team. You got injured. Um, I I could see Tyler Stevenson as a guy that's going to be eventually moved off of the Cincinnati Reds because they're nowhere near competing. 100%. So they're gonna, someone's going to cough up a bunch of prospects or – Eventually, if he hits free agency, I don't know his contract, cough up some money for him. And you'll have to see if it pays off. But I could see him if, you know, this, this, uh, let me look up his contract real quick. If he has like a good contract on right now, he could be traded by this trade deadline coming up in 2023. Yeah, you know, I believe he's on a, he's probably on the rookie minimum, to be honest with you. He's probably getting arbitration money every year. Um, yeah, but I mean, for him, he, again, he's young. I think that's one of the things that really benefits him. He's one of the youngest players on this list. Um, so keep at it, Stevenson. Get healthy. Come back. What is the term? Top paid $720,000. Yep. That's the <laughs> minimum right there. <laughs> uh, and he should I mean, he'll be getting like a million this year. But um, 
Okay, so he's going to be coming off his minor league, his rookie contract. And it, are the Reds going to pay up for him knowing that they're nowhere near competing? I don't know. I think they might just get prospects instead um, to rebuild other places and then focus on some of the catchers. Yeah, to, to rebuild other places and you have a 25, 26-year-old kid. So what, what, isn't that what you rebuild for Cincinnati? My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's just that he's not going to line up with their timeline. I, they're no. like really far away. Um, name a pitcher right now. Go. Oh man. <laughs> There's only one. It's uh, they're they're Hunter green. What? Hunter Green. Oh, Hunter Green. Yeah. Yeah. Nick uh, Lodolo. Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo. Yeah. He had a good season too. Um, and they're there. They should be there. They should be there for the rebuild. They're really young. Um, and I think you know they'd stick around those guys. Maybe not looking for Nick Lodolo. Uh, well, Hunter Green's a guy where you have to keep him. Uh, just. Like, Guy that has wicked potential, um, but you know it's it's uh, like I said, definitely could see him being moved if you know the Reds were kind of smart and were like, hey, I can't pay this guy. All right, at number three, this one I think a lot of people will agree with. A lot of people are are you tend to see with rookies and how you evaluate them. It, it takes a while sometimes for you to be like, okay, this guy's top five, or this guy's number one, or this guy's number two or three. And he's better than this guy that's been around and done that, like a Wilson Contreras. Adley Rushman from the Baltimore Orioles, he got 10 points in this point system with the it. And you might be saying, Adley Rushman gets an it factor? You might even disagree with me, Roy. I didn't even ask you. For me, he is such a stud that he's just, I mean, he comes up, he's a top prospect. People are saying he's the next Buster Posey. He's going to be this great catcher defensively. He's going to come in with the bat, switch hitter, middle of the lineup. He didn't just do that. The Orioles started to win when he came in. I mean, uh, the Yankees started playing the Orioles. We started playing. That's like, wait a second. These guys can now rake. We have to go into this lineup and actually prepare because this guy just extended their lineup. He is a, a an elite glove. In 113 games, he was an 18 DRS. That is incredible. 133 rated credit plus. If that's throughout a full season, he's the best offensive catcher in baseball. This, I, to me, with the hype that was built for him before he got to the big leagues, then to see him do it, even in 113 games, I agree with where the list could have him. I, I will admit that on my personal one, I had him at four just because he's a rookie, um, and I, I respect the resumes of other guys and what they've done in their careers. But listen, he gets the rookie point, the benefit of the doubt. He gets the uh, the it factor point, Adley at three. Yeah, no. I mean, there's a lot of hype around the kid. I mean, I'm seeing people put him at number one, which is egregious. Uh, people put him at two, egregious. He's the guy that I'm bouncing around with with Wilson Contreras. Uh, you know, obviously, Adley Rushman hasn't done it as long as Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Um, but he, he's doing it right now better than Wilson Contreras. Um, the 18 DRS is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if I agree on the it factor because Ooh. he did change the outlook of the team, but he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't actually take them to the playoffs. And they were there, and they easily could have snuck in. They just ended up losing their last series of games. Um, okay. Is that on him? No, not entirely. Um but if I'm going to give him the it, him coming in and then taking a crappy team to the playoffs would be the difference. I think they could do it this year. Um, I don't know if I'd give him the it. When I saw it, I was like, did he win Rookie of the Year? I was like, wait, what, how is he there? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's the one where, like, yeah, I mean, this one was the only qualification for me was I think he is ball. He's a stud. I think he's yeah. good. But uh, he is, there's a lot of hype around him. And too much hype might lead him to be overrated if he continues, like, if, you know, he doesn't actually hit that bottom spot. And, you will know, be able to see that. If he doesn't, like, you know, get to where he should be. There's a lot of hype. You're telling me he's better than JT Real Muto on some, on some rankings. You better be able to back it up. So um, you're going to fall onto something there. I do think he's a top four catcher, and I probably have him at three, maybe over Wilson Contreras, but the argument's for sure there. Okay. All right. So – at number two, with an 11.5. Um, yeah, now, now I'm like, wow, I did not give Will Smith the it point. And I wouldn't. You wouldn't either? Okay. All right, so Will Smith, number two from the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
Um, Will Smith, one of the best offensive catchers in baseball, right there with Contreras, with Adley, uh, with Alejandro Kirk this year. He had 260, 24 bombs, 87 RBIs. That's the most RBIs, I think, from the catcher spot this season. He was on the Dodgers. They won 109 games. 343 OBP, 349 Wobble, 127 Weighted Drunk Created Plus, 807 OPS, 7 DRS. Full package. Power, average is good enough. OBP is high enough. Wobble is in the respectable category. Weighted Drunk Created Plus is as high as it's going to be for a catcher. The OPS, I mean, and the defense. The, the whole package is there. And, uh, and he has a uh, World Series championship in the bag. So there, there's not much else that you could have as a catcher. Yeah, no. I mean, granted, we were talking about how the World Series did come from 2020. Yeah. Uh, and he also wasn't supposed to be the main guy during that season. So it, it's interesting. I would – he's the guy that I, you know, back, go back and forth with on our – with our top guy here. Um, yeah. The guy you compare him to. And when it's – when. You do that, that means he's better than be number two. Uh, really good player, really good offensive player, um, and for a good team too. So I mean, maybe he's being helped out by that. I don't think so. Um, I think some. I think now he's going to kind of take a big role with the team. He needs to <laughs> for, for the Dodgers to stay kind of relevant here. They really need some production coming from Will Smith and some other young guys for sure. So I, I agree with number two completely. Um, you could even give him one more point with the it factor if you want because he did win that World Series. But even then, he's still not better than number one or close to the points that number one got. But uh, I definitely agree. And I would say, I mean, obviously right now, I think he's better than Adley Rushman. So um, yes, agree with that as well. So anyone saying Adley Rushman's one, he's he's not even two. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, and good. I, I like Will Smith. I just don't think that he's better than one, and uh, that's my take. I agree with you. And then the last thing I'll say on Will Smith is the part that I love about him is you look at 2021, almost a carbon copy. He did go down in 22, but it's almost the same exact thing. So consistency is what I like a lot. Yeah, no, and also the fact that, you know, he's right up there in games. I mean, 137, JT Ramiel to 139. JT obviously caught the most innings this year because he went to the World Series, but uh, even before then, you know, um, Sean Murphy played 148 games. He was not the catcher for all those, actually. Uh, JT, I believe, did catch the most innings this year. Um, Do you want to just give out number one? JT Real Muto is number one. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Coming in with 15, and, you know, he, he differs from people because he does have the stolen bases, so he's automatically guaranteed a point there. Um First catcher, you know, with 21 stolen bases since uh, you know, forever. Uh, it's, it's a long time. And, you know, complete difference maker. And he's a guy, you know, that, like Wilson Contreras, compliments your big guys, except he does a little more where he can say he is a big guy for the team. And, you know, even without him going to the World Series, he's a platinum catcher um, in 2021, I believe. Uh, maybe it was 2020, I don't remember. But either way, best catcher in baseball, the BCIB, there's no doubt about it. His defense is right there. His offense is there, and his it is there. Uh, a lot of sack on the kid, as you saw in World Series Game 1. There's, and there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, there, the, the, I mean the difference is just it's it's not even close. The stolen bases, the power, the RBIs, the playoffs, 44% caught stealing. What? 11 DRS. I, it's just, you can't ask for more from behind the dead. There's literally nobody else that did what he did. And uh, just to do this for everyone, if you made it this far in, to tell you how we get there. So let's say with JT, 15 points with the it. So he really had 14 points in a value system. So how did I do it? His batting average was 276. So for anyone with a batting average between 265 and 289, I gave them a point. JT had 22 home runs. Anyone with 20 to 29 home runs got a point. So that's two. 84 RBIs. He actually almost got a point and a half. I said 70 to 84 RBIs was a point because the breakoff was 85. JT had 84. So, so close there. Uh, but that's another point. OBP. JT, 342. 
He fell with another point, so he's getting a point in every single category so far. The Woba, 354. He falls into the number one point again. Wager on Creative Plus, 128, gets a point. OPS, 820, gets a point. Stolen bases, he had 21. That's two points. Then the 11 DRS got him two and a half points. And then the caught stealing percentage, 44%, got him another two and a half points. So his defense, it had to be valued. The, the, he basically got, for me, five total points. If you combine the, the caught stealing and the DRS, he got five total points from that. And you have to value the defense like that. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you have to, because he throws out the most day in and day out. Uh, every single year he's throwing out the most. Yeah, he's also stealing the most. So he, he steals on other catchers and they can't catch him. He was at 1.17 for 17 this year, and he's the only catcher in MLB history to ever go over 15 15. Uh, the kid, I mean, he's the best running catcher in the game, and there's a, a lot of distance in between. Um, so, those, I mean, those are some crazy stats. You just have to. There's, there's really no comp. So whenever I do see someone saying that someone is – this catcher is better than him. It's pretty egregious. And you know yeah. who I love to see not on our list? Yasmani Grandal entering last year. People had him at number one. Uh, and he's nowhere close. He's oh. not close. Uh, do I want walks as a catcher? Get that guy like this. Well, uh, do you want anything from a catcher? Because he didn't do anything. I mean, he was yeah. – I mean, I'm trying to – I have him on my – uh, on this big document for the – I have surprising misses just missed. And I have this for – for all these lists, I combine them all together. Yasmani Grandal, I put it number six on the just missed list. 99 games, 202 average, five homers, 27 RBIs, 301 on base. So still, even with the terrible numbers, still has an OVP that's 100 points over the average. There you go. Still doing that. 570 OPS. But to come from a 939 OPS in 2021. But look at the part that's overrated. 93 games in 2021. So the health not there two years in a row. Nothing there last year. Other guys that missed from behind the plate. This is this really surprised me when I saw this. He won the American League Gold Glove behind the plate, but he led catchers in DRS. Jose Trevino from the New York Yankees had a 21 DRS, did not make the cut. His offense was below league average in every advanced metric. Um, and, and that's saying something because the first half, he was actually a pretty respectable hitter. Second half, he couldn't hit. He kind of went back to what he was in every year before that, which was, which that's pretty nerve wracking if you're the Yankees. In 2021, 89 games, we talk about how on a 100 weighted run created plus his league average, he had a 63 in 2021. So that's why I'm totally fine with the with uh, our rankum list leaving him off, despite leading catchers in DRS. And other than that, the big one is a guy who led catchers in home runs last year, Salvador Perez, who's likely a future Hall of Famer. This list really knocked him for this year to where he was only slightly above league average. His defense has been negative for two consecutive seasons. OVP low, and he got knocked this year. That surprised me too. Yeah, uh, I think Salvador Perez is definitely should be in there. I would have him in mine as well. Um, He's he in mine. Yeah, he led he led twenty twenty one in home runs with forty eight, which was the anomaly. Uh, I mean, unbelievable. Twenty twenty two, he had twenty three home runs, which is still great. Uh, one more than JT Real Muto, but um, Cal Rally twenty seven, and then Will Smith twenty four as well. Um, Great. He's a, he's a good player, and he's been doing it for a while. I would definitely have him in the top ten. Um, and maybe that's where Cal Rowley doesn't make it. But he did, like I said, potential for Cal Rowley. Maybe that's where Christian Vasquez doesn't make it. I don't know. That's, that's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. Like, for my – I'll just go over mine now. Quickly, ten through one. I went Cal Rowley, ten. Salvador, nine. Stevenson, eight. Darno seven. Alejandro Kirk, six. Sean Murphy, five, Adley, four, Will Smith, three, Wilson, two, and JT, one. Um, So I thought that was pretty reasonable. But, yeah, I left Vasquez off just because I feel like he's getting older. 
just an average hitter, and I respected what Cal did from a defensive standpoint this year, and I felt like you could, same thing as you did, how do you leave Salvador off with his career? Yeah, no. And uh, also to say, like, you don't need these top ten catchers, obviously, now to win the World Series. <laughs> Technically, I mean, Martin Maldonado was the catcher this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and, you know, they chose him over Christian Vasquez just for the defense. And it didn't really hurt them in the long run. Um, so you don't necessarily need it. Uh, but it is great. Obviously, the year before, Travis Darno was the catcher. And so, I mean, he is in our top ten. Uh, but I do think I would I would say Salvador Perez definitely belongs in there. Based off his, his years long. Is he transitioning off of catching now? That could be happening, yeah, because they have, they have MJ Melendez, uh, the, the young prospect. Who everyone is looking for, by the way. Um, yeah. Who everyone's putting, like, you know, entering the season, like, he might think he's going to be a great prospect. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything from him yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. You're worried about that. I mean, another guy, though, that, that this was one of the few people that didn't find a list for me, not because of his performance, but because – of his situation. We mentioned him in this pod, William Contreras. He didn't catch enough games last year for me to put him here, but he's also not going to be a DH for the Brewers, so I didn't put him on my DH list. He's the one player, I I swear to God, there's so many players that even though they were traded, I was able to put them on a list somewhere else. William, I'm like, well, he's not a DH, and he didn't catch enough for me to put him in here. He's a guy that absolutely I could totally see being on here next year. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he definitely should be on there next year. Um, and, you know, the only thing was that he was DHing a good amount. Um, but he's a guy that, like, in the playoffs, when I saw him come up to the plate, I was actually a little nervous. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Even more so than I was of a Michael Harris, who's being probably the most overhyped player in baseball right now. <laughs> I was more scared of William Gadreras than I was then. Uh, so it's, I was shocked when the, Braves moved off them because they had him, uh, you know, just coming up and just starting to shine. It's kind of goes to see how much they are valuing Sean Murphy instead. Um, but you talk about a team that could have had three top 10 players on there, <laughs> top 10 catchers on this list. Yep. Uh, obviously, William Contreras now with the Brewers, he should shine over there. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and, uh, I didn't do these on the podcast last year, but a guy I had on my 2021, Omar Narvaez, fell off. Uh, just and, and catchers is one thing that will be funny to look at this. Year to year, I find it's one of the more volatile positions. It's a brutal position. You get injured. It's tough to do it every day. And you're calling pitching staffs, and it's tough. And who else And who else but the Mets to snatch him up and probably overhype the crap out of him? I heard so much stuff about James McCann, who I honestly liked as a prospect until he was traded to the Mets. Uh, and he obviously just burned, flamed out right away. Um, yeah, now he's the backup to Adley in Baltimore. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot about You're going to hear a lot about Omar Narvaez, regardless of what he does. Well, do we think, though, I mean, right now the Mets have Narvaez and Nito. They just locked up Nito today, actually, to a very small two-year extension. Uh Francisco Alvarez is their catching prospect. He came up at the end of last year. Does he? What did you say? Didn't he play third? No. Well, maybe maybe a little bit because they wanted to give him at bats, but he is a catcher. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the whole situation with him was they got Narvaez and kept Nito because um, A, they wanted the lefty-righty compliment, but B, they didn't trust a young catcher with the veteran pitchers. Yeah, I mean, either way, either way, I don't, I'm not scared of him on the Mets. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. And then only other honorable mention I could even think of was uh, Jonah Heim on Texas, switch hitter, decent offensive numbers. Uh, you know, maybe cracks it next year. We'll see. Not Gary Sanchez. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, he would have to. He would have to go back to old Gary for me. But uh, yeah, no, no, Gary Sanchez still on the free agent market. And then MLB Network has their little drafts of who they put as eligible guys. I guess they had uh, Eric Haas on Detroit 
as a list of guy, just not even, I didn't even think about him. You know, like Yang Gomes didn't even consider. There's some guys that are just past their time behind the plate. That's one of them. And Connor Joe, uh, Connor Joe for the Rockets. Is he a catcher? He got traded to the uh, Pirates. Did he? Yeah. He's going to go rot over there now. Yeah. He gets to go. He, oh, he gets the pleasure to go catch Vince Velasquez and Mitchell. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Star-studded. Mitch Keller. Oh, my God. They actually had, like, highlight videos and, like, promos for both of them. Yeah, the whole photoshopped with the thing. Yeah. Vinny's literally wearing a I, – I love Vinny, actually. I mean, the guy said hi to me, but um, Vinny's wearing, like, a hoodie with the jersey over it. And, like, they're, like, showing all these, like, great videos of him doing nothing, uh, throwing in, like, 70-mile-per-hour curves. I love Vinny. Uh, but, yeah, no, I just thought that was funny. The Pirates of all teams. Yeah, yeah. All right, so before we go, I'm going to do very quickly just do a run-through of all the many transactions we missed. Starting with Michael Conforto. Went to the Giants, short-term deal. Uh, their offseason went to shit. So that I don't think that they're happy with that as the sum total. They got him and Hanniger. They got the brother. Now I'm going to get them confused. I never used to. I think it's Taylor Rogers that they signed, but they have both brothers now in San Francisco. But that's all they did. Very disappointing for San Francisco. Um, Dalton Varcho trade. This one I, was very interesting. Dalton Varsho to the Toronto Blue Jays in exchange for Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno. Another catcher, uh, number nine prospect in the big leagues, is now maybe getting everyday reps with Arizona. Maybe he gets in this list next year, but um, I like this trade for the Blue Jays. Dalton Varsho last season, according to DRS and OAA, was one of the best, if not, I think if I'm here, if I heard it correctly, was the best defensive outfielder in baseball last season. So they're getting, they're getting this guy that maybe not amazing as a hitter. He's still above league average, but he had 32 bombs or 28 bombs or whatever. The Blue Jays had almost an entirely right-handed lineup. They needed lefties. And now with we could skip here to Belt. Brandon Belt as your DH, Varsho in left, and Kiermaier in center. Might not be thumper-thumpers, but it's balance, and they needed it. No, for sure. And I, uh, I, I like the move by the... By the Diamondbacks, I think the Diamondbacks could be a third-place team for uh, the NFL. Yeah. I think they could be better than the Giants and, you know, obviously the Rockies too. Uh, I think they can make some noise. I think they can make some noise for sure. And uh, they just need that pitching to, you know, kind of straighten out and, uh, you know, some of their prospects to actually, you know, perform. But um, I, like I said, I think they can make noise. I think they could definitely make noise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Craig Kimball, we didn't get to this. He's a Philly. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, I was – my dad actually hates the signing. Um, I like it. Uh, I like that he's going in and he's going to go into a committee, which, uh, you know, got even stronger by another transaction we'll get to in a second. Um, but he doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to. Uh, and, you know, where he was in L.A., he was supposed to be the guy. You know, he's supposed to be filling in Kenley Jansen and uh, didn't excel. His whole thing is that he does good, then he does bad, then he does good. Uh, so he's back and forth, back and forth. Um, I think he should at least – I mean, I like that he's a veteran. And I like that he can, you know, mix in some stuff as not being the guy. So I think that's a good signing for us, and uh, I hope he proves. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's the key what you said. It's like he's not the guy. And the trade that you're talking about, Gregory Soto, goes to the Philadelphia Phillies in exchange for Matt Vierling, Nick Maton, uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the other guy, uh, Donnie Sands. Sands, catcher, yeah. Donnie Sands yeah. Uh, and his 1AB with the Phillies this year walked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is one highlight. Thank you for your service. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough seeing those two go because they were actually so big for the chemistry. Uh, and obviously, they had they have potential. That's why they, you know, are traded for such a good player like Gregory Soto. Um but I don't, I, I don't say we shouldn't have traded him. Like I, I love Gregory Soto coming to the team, a guy that throws 99 at, right there with Jose Alvarado. Uh, you know, yeah. you back to the World Series, it was always Jose Alvarado versus uh, Jordan Alvarez. That's who you're bringing in. And the next guy up would be Brad Hand. So you were sick to your stomach doing that. 
Uh, now you could bring in both. Obviously, it ended up biting us in the butt. Jordan Alvarez ended up taking him deep in the final game. Uh, so I love the move. I'll miss Nick Maton. I'm glad he's going to be able to go to a team where he's going to get some consistent reps. Uh, and then hopefully Matt Vierling can do something as well. Both good players, both great chemistry builders. Uh, but sayonara, I mean, they were they were bench players for us. So, Well, what about the other player who left you, Gene Segura? Sad. Sad, because Genie Bobini is a guy that I love. Goes over to Miami, picks out number nine like I know he should. <laughs> and, uh, he's going to kill the Phillies. I can guarantee it. Uh, one person on the Marlins always does. Miguel Rojas got shipped uh, to the Dodgers. He was the killer. I guarantee uh, Jeannie Bobin is going to cause us a little trouble for sure. But nothing but love for the guy, Jimmy. He has so many nicknames. Jeannie Bobini, James Cigarettes, Jimmy Sigs. <laughs> uh, I really thought he was going to go to the Red Sox. But, uh, yeah. Ends up with the Marlins, and he's going to play third? Yeah, I I don't know. Didn't work out the best when we've tried him over there before. Um, obviously not a shortstop anymore. Really good second baseman. Uh, I don't know. It's they can do what they I don't do. get the third base thing either. I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Feels uh, like a guy they could trade. Feels like a guy they could trade halfway through. I see it. If they're not performing, which I they shouldn't, obviously in such a competitive division. Um, He's a guy they could trade. It was only a one-year deal, right? Yeah. Maybe one or two. And yeah. Trade, uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, he takes so long to get to the playoffs. His first time ever. He gets all the way to the World Series with the Phillies. Now he goes to a team that doesn't even have playoff aspirations. So, um, it, it was weird. Uh, yeah. I agree with you 100% there. Um, all right. Evan Longoria, Diamondbacks, not going to comment on that. <laughs> um, Eric Hosmer. To the Chicago Cubs, they're paying him the league minimum because San Diego was paying the contract while Hosmer was in Boston, and now he's still making that money from San Diego but getting league minimum from Chicago. I don't know how it works. It's weird. It happens to all these guys that get paid off. He is with the Cubs along with Trey Mancini. They will create a nice little first base duo. Some Cubs fans are disappointed uh, because Max Mervis is being delayed, one of their prospects, but – Hosmer Mancini, decent. Yeah, I mean, what a sad offseason for the Cubs because they didn't improve once at where they needed help. They got they got, they got Dansby. They got Dansby, but they didn't need that because they had Nico Horner coming up. They got Jamison Tyone. That's their big pitching guy. And come on now, you needed pitching. Kyle Hendricks is nowhere near it. Marcus Stroman, way past his prime. You, Justin Steele is supposed to be your good prospect yet. Uh, it's they needed to do more. Um, I think it's a disappointing offseason because then you go out and get uh, Cody Bellinger, who I like the deal. You know, bet on bet on yourself, Cody, a one year deal. But uh, Eric Cosmer and Trey Mancini, you know, guys that might be past their prime, might just provide a few homers for the uh, club. But you can't you, yeah. can't you can't hate it. At least it's a move, and they're trying. Maybe it pays off. Maybe it doesn't. I think they really missed on not improving their pitching. Yeah, you, you've got a good point. you got a good point. There are a lot of people overhyping the Cubs, too, and even myself to a certain degree. But you're right. I mean, what are those moves, actually? They're not making the playoffs, so it's that they didn't do enough. Uh, you're right there. So uh, going quickly here, we talked about Bell. Johnny Cueto to the Marlins as well. <laughs> I mean, um, okay. Who am I missing? Who am I missing in that division? The NL Central. St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Pirates, and who? Reds. The Reds. Oh. So they're a, they're a third-place team, and maybe they can beat the Brewers. Yeah. Um, maybe if the Brewers collapse, but uh, they're still a third-place team. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the Vets. Nelson Cruz to the Padres. Andrew McCutcheon to the Pirates. Back to Pittsburgh, where he belongs. I. That's what I'll say, but that's all I need to say about that. He belongs there. I love it. Nelson Cruz to the Padres. Give me it all day. He doesn't have to play every day. They got Matt Carpenter, paid him way more money to hit righties. Crew's going to hit the lefties. Send it. No, one million, too. I yeah. Hit him one mil I, for the DH spot there. Uh, no, that's a steal. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. If any other, I'm sure any other team seeing that, too. Like, hey, I would take that right now. Um, 
it's a good move, good move for the Padres, and also you know a sad move for uh, me to see Andrew McCutcheon. I think it's going to be his last last you know season. Not last season. It's going to be his last times there. He's ending in Pittsburgh. It means he's probably not going anywhere else. So uh, I actually would have not minded him coming back and being a bench player for the Phillies. You know, it only would have been his aspiration to win. Uh, yeah. Now he's going to a spot where he'll be playing every day and, uh, you know, have a good impact for those young people over there. Yeah, he declined offers from the Mets and the Twins, um, which is surprising. So back to Pittsburgh for him. Boston did a trade-off of pitchers. Nathan Navaldi to Texas, great for them. I mean, I, I actually really like their rotation. Uh, not not incredible. It is overrated for sure, but good move. And for Boston, they signed Corey Kluber. So that rotation going to be uh, Sale, Kluber, Paxton, uh, Nick Pavetta, maybe uh, Garrett Whitlock. Not a lot of good stuff there. They don't have a lot of pitching at all. And they also signed uh, Adam Duvall today to play center field. Trevor Story out for the season uh, due to Tommy John. So the Red Sox kind of in this in-between, what are we doing? Also signed Jorge Alfaro, who might make the team uh, behind the dish. Dude's killing it in Winter League, Dominican Winter League. Jorge Alfaro, every time I see him, he's hitting bombs. Wow. I think he's going to mash balls over the over the monster there. I think it's a great pickup for um, the Red Sox, I also like Adam Duvall, another guy I wanted on the Phillies just to come in and be a bench bat uh, for the outfield because we need we do need one. We need a bench bat for the outfield, uh, given that Gregory Soto trade. So um, I love both those signings for them, but it is on top of a pretty disappointing offseason where you know you didn't you didn't get Xander, and you end up losing your backup to Xander, Trevor Story. <laughs> A lot of a lot of mishaps there, and you end up losing your other franchise backup that you traded Mookie Betts for, Jeter Downs. You DFA'd him. Um, a very sad. They got they got Rafael Devers. Congrats. Um, not going to be much if he has nothing to play for. So exactly. I'm sure they'll find a way to make something competitive, but as they always do, I just don't. I think it's a pretty disappointing offseason for them, for sure. I agree. And then uh, Tommy Fab to the Mets. Uh, he'll be their DH against lefties, I guess, because um, they have rock and then no compliment. And then uh, this one, Correa. This will be our last topic of the day. He, You're happy about this one. He ditches the Mets in the AL Central. I'm happy about this one. He would have been a crosstown rival for the rest of his career. If he had won championships over there, that would have haunted the Yankees. And now he's going to be stuck in the Yankees of the Twins' daddy. The things are normal in baseball. No, good. Uh Absolutely hated when he went to the Mets. That was just Steve Cohen throwing money. Um, and it was uh, – everyone knew. Why – how is he failing this for the Giants but actually succeeding for the Mets? Of course, he ended up failing that physical. Um, how is this not possible with the Twins? Uh, it's a kind of weird situation there. He should fail every single physical in the MLB if he can't fail – he fails one. Um, yep. Very interesting. He obviously lost a lot of money just through that carousel of teams, uh, but he ends up back where he started with the Twins, and, you know, all is right in the world. He's uh, going to harm no one over there for me. I can't touch me there. So, uh, yeah. So be it. He lost himself, what was it, like 80 mil? Yeah. He, did. he <laughs> lost a lot of money. It's really bad. I mean, really bad. And, and he was also offered 10 years from Detroit last year and didn't take it. So, um, that, I mean, he lost a lot of money a lot of times. Can't be, you can't feel bad for that. Sorry, but you can't feel bad. Um, I think the Twins are probably happy because they're like, hey, we just, uh, we just upgraded our uniforms, new unis. We can actually sell them now. You know, we get our franchise player in here, sell some new jerseys. But, uh, and, we right. and we got him at a discount. Didn't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. He stays it short. Trade Nick Gordon now. Boom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crawford just sitting there. I get to play, sure. <laughs> just in a miserable San Francisco Giants team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> comes out on top. And uh, I guess Darren Ruff could come out on top, too, for the Mets. He might now play third base for them, which is beyond me. Uh, uh, I'm seeing on social media, and it actually makes me laugh because you're talking about a guy who's with the Phillies, stunk, went to Korea. Uh, made a name for himself, came back for Gabe Kapler's 
uh, San Francisco Giants. Of course. <laughs> it's uh, the carousel for Darren Ruff. God. Yeah, to say the least. Oh, man. All right, Roy. Well, we're going to do first base next time. That's going to be one of the hardest. I will tell you that. that it, it really was. There were at least four or five other guys that I was like, they could be top ten. Uh, everyone hits. I get that. That's the one thing about first base. Um, and you might be sad for first base next time uh, with uh, with someone being left off. So that was not, isn't number one. Are you kidding me? Oh, you, you figured it out. You figured it out. God damn it! All right, so uh, we will be back next week for that one. We're, the off season's pretty much over. So unless we're getting a Brian Reynolds or or something else. Off season's over, guys. Uh, so these are going to be the top tens. They're going to roll into spring training time, into WBC time, uh, and, and we're going to try and get these done by the WBC. Because ideally, what we want is this to go into WBC. WBC, we just ditch spring training talk. Okay, nobody cares about spring training. We can finally not watch it for two weeks. Then we'll go to season prediction pods. For divisions and then the season's here so that's that's how we're going to do it here on strictly baseball thank you for being here rory as always uh steve cashin may may join us next time uh for for the top tens uh we love you steve we'll see you next time guys you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, any other platform follow us on twitter at strictly sports p i'm verified and on instagram at strictly sports productions we'll see you next time